I kept teaching and the more I loved, um, more I started to love teaching, the more I was clear that the the um, economics and finance path was not probably going to be my path. But I came from a family <clears throat> where if you got a good government job, you, you better not leave that good government job. But I took a risk. I said, if I, I said to myself, if I don't leave now, I'm going to be here until I retire. On this season of the PG Daily, we will be taking an in-depth look at education in Prince George's County. You will hear from some of the integral voices that are responsible for educating and enriching the minds of students in the county. You will also hear from students that have been directly impacted by the county's educational system, and you will hear how the Prince George's County schools impact the community as a whole. In today's episode, you will hear the daily news, and for our big story, Dale Roden sits down with Miriam Terrain, the Associate Dean for Humanities, English, and Social Sciences at Prince George's Community College. I'm David Smalls. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Prince George's Community News. I'm Vanita Newsom. Today is Tuesday, October 22nd, 2019. In today's weather, you may want to grab an umbrella before heading out because we're going to have plenty of rain. The steadiest rain is between 2 and 8 p.m., so plan on a rainy evening drive home. Make sure you take some rain gear with you as you head out to Nass Park for the World Series watch party tonight. Rain will taper off around 9 p.m., but it will be cool and damp, so keep your jacket handy. Tomorrow and Thursday will be sunny with seasonable weather, high in the mid to upper 60s. Today's high between 62 and 67 degrees, with wind southeast 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight will be mainly clear and cool, lows 42 to 51, with winds northwest 5 to 10 miles per hour. Today's sunrise is at 7.24 a.m. Sunset will be at 6.20 p.m. And that's our weather for today. In local news, a man was found fatally shot in a parking lot in Prince George's County, Maryland, Monday night, as reported by WTOP News. Prince George's County Police reported to a shooting call near the 5,000 block of Silver Hill Court in District Heights around 7 p.m. Police arrived at the scene and discovered a man laying wounded in a parking lot of an apartment complex. He appeared to be suffering from multiple gunshot wounds, police said. The man was taken to the hospital where he eventually succumbed to his injuries. At this time, police haven't identified a suspect or a motive. Anyone with information is asked to call Prince George's County Police Crime Solver at 1-866-411-8477. WJLA News reports how service along the Mark Cameron line was suspended after a teenager was struck by a train around 5 p.m. Monday in Laurel. The teenager was taken to the hospital with what appeared to be non-threatening injuries, according to Prince George's County Police. The incident happened along the 8900 block of Cherry Lane. Train 850, which departed Union Station at 4.13 p.m., was stuck on the tracks as police investigated. Service was restored around 6.30 p.m. later that evening, and the trains moved off the tracks. 
On October 10th, Bowie State University hosts a groundbreaking ceremony for its new entrepreneurship center, which is set to open in July of 2021, as reported by the Sentinel newspaper. The new building, which has been in the works for more than two years, will be home to the school's Entrepreneurship Academy and Bowie's Business Innovation Center, or Bowie Beck. The Entrepreneurship Academy aims to help students create their own business opportunities, as well as allow students to become more marketable to well-established companies. Bowie Beck is the first business located at the Historical Black University in Maryland and a business collaborative for technology companies and government contractors within Prince George's County. The center provides business owners with the opportunity to receive business support through mentoring, training, workshops, and professional business counseling. Bowie Beck will meet the growing demand for on-campus housing that will provide dorm space for about 500 students and as well as additional retail space. The location is right across from Jericho Park Road. The $42 million project is being built through a public-private partnership that is funded partly by tax-exempt bonds through the Maryland Economic Development Corporation to complete the project. The lead contractor, Belfort Beatty Construction, will partner with Smoot Construction, a minority-owned general contractor, and Design Collective Incorporation, a nationally award-winning design firm. Maryland Economic Development Commission Executive Director Robert Brennan said this will be part of a state mission to develop a world-class workforce. Bowie State University President Amita Brunex expressed how they are just so thrilled to have this project get underway. We are very proud to partner with Belfort Bennett and Smooth to embark on a new historical journey for Bowie State University. That's the news for today. From Prince George's Community News, I'm Vanita Newsom. And now for our big story, Dale Roman sits down with Miriam Terrain the Associate Dean for Humanities, English, and Social Sciences at Prince George's Community College. Okay, now we're gonna do that real hard shift from economics into reading. Into reading, yes. Um, so this is the question that um, Dr. Robinson asks at the beginning of every one of her shows. Okay. What are you reading? What am I reading? Ooh, (laughs) that's funny that you asked me that. Okay, I have to think about, oh, you know what? What am I reading? What's on my Kindle? Um, Gosh, I can't even think of the name of it. It's probably because I haven't read it in over two months now. Um, Gosh, can we swing back to that? We'll come back to it. I really do want to tell you what the name of the book is. When you decided to go back to school after working for several years for the government and being bored, mm-hmm. um, you chose reading, mm-hmm. which is for a lot of people quite the opposite quite of the economics opposite. and right. SAS right. and sure. statistics. And right. how, how? How do you get from point A to point F? 
I don't know. You know, again, I, I said that I wanted to pursue something. If I was going to make the investment in education, and in, in, in education is an investment, um, that I wanted to make the investment in something that I enjoy doing. I, I wanted to do something that even if I didn't find any work in, I still found value in the study of that discipline. Um, and, I, you know, you, you can always read for pleasure, which is what I do. Um, how I made that jump was my mother told me a long time ago, you know, you should be a teacher. I was like, a teacher? What? Why would I want to be a teacher? No. I was like, I think I want more for myself. So I said that at that time because I really did not have a respect for the power and influence that a teacher has. Even though I I knew that people were contributing to my life, I never saw myself as a teacher. Okay, so I when I said I wanted to go into reading, the first thing she said was, "Oh, so you're going to be a teacher now?" And I said, "No, that's not really what I. I mean, I'm not really necessarily trying to be a teacher, but." After I taught that first class, when I got that opportunity to, at Lincoln to teach at my alma mater, these students that were sitting in the same seats that I was sitting in, I felt something. It was an instant connection. It, I was on autopilot and I just fell in love with it. And I was like, this, oh my gosh, I could have been doing this a long time ago. I love it. And so I taught there for a while. I graduated with my degree there. I still taught there for a while. And then I, by happenstance, I found, um, I was looking at teaching opportunities in this area here. I was like, well, you know, I'm going all the way up there to teach. Why don't I find something down here? So I just looked and I saw that Prince George's was was looking for adjunct instructors. And I was like, oh, I, might, I might as well try it out. So I tried, I, I applied. And then the person who called me, um, who was my former boss, her husband went to Lincoln. We were just talking on the phone and she said, I see you went to Lincoln. She's like, oh, my husband went to Lincoln. I was like, oh, wow, you know. I didn't know who he was because of course he had gone to Lincoln well before I, I was there. But um, we talked and then she asked me some questions, asked me to come on out for an interview. I came out for the interview and I was, and then next thing I knew I got the call and I'm telling you, when I walked into the classroom, at, I started teaching at the Laurel College Center first because oh, yeah. it's right around the corner from my house. Um, and I was like, wow, I feel so comfortable with this. And I was like, I like this. So I kept teaching. And the more I loved, um, the more I started to love teaching, the more I was clear that the, the um, economics and finance path was not probably going to be my path but I came from a family <clears throat> where if you got a good government job you, you better not leave that good government job but I took a risk I said if I I said to myself if I don't leave now I'm gonna be here until I retire which may not have been a bad thing it just wasn't I knew that it wasn't going to be as fulfilling as the feeling that I felt when I was teaching and so I said I think I'm going to make the jump. And I made the jump. And I didn't tell my family. I didn't tell my parents that I made the jump until after I got a full-time job 
at Prince George's Community Oh, so College. wait a minute. So you're teaching adjunct. Yeah. And you said, okay, government, yeah. see you later. Later. I, I was got like, this adjunct part-time Well, no, no, no. You that... know what? No, I, I still work now. I'm okay. not crazy here. <laughs> I, I still worked as an adjunct. It wasn't until I found out that they were hiring for a full-time um, position. Okay. And once I got the full-time position, then I left my government okay. job. Yeah, because... I wasn't going to quit. No, you don't quit a job if you don't have a job. <laughs> I wish somebody would tell my children that. So that's that's what drew me to um, Prince George's. And, and I, I, and yes, you know, truth be told, it was definitely a pay difference. But I said, okay, I can I can accept the pay difference because it's what I love to do. And I can't really put a price on that. Right. So that... That, that got me here. It kept me here. What kept, what keeps me here is the students. I mean, they need, they need us and we need them. And it is a lifelong learning experience for me as well as it is for them. And I enjoy it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't trade it. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some questions about, um, your stories from the classroom, mm-hmm. some students that really stood out positively mm-hmm. and not so positively and, not so positively, and, sure. and your experience. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to first dig into your your path uh, a, a little bit mm-hmm. further. Mm-hmm. So you got the adjunct position, one, two years, you got the full-time position, mm-hmm. left the government job, and now you're in the classroom mm-hmm. five days a week, five days a week. working with Working with what the some students. people think are the most difficult students on a college campus, right? Because they're not necessarily prepared for right. college level work in the right. one area right. that you have to be prepared prepared for college right. level work, and that's it's reading. reading. Yes, you do. So, so, so you know, I think that what is kind of a misnomer is that people think that um, students that are taking. Uh, what I don't like, to, I don't really like to call it remedial classes. Students that are taking academic preparation classes, they they just have some skill deficits. That's it. So you know, if you are if you um, are a student who needs some additional help beyond just going to tutoring, you actually need to understand the foundation of the concept that they're that you're trying to learn or the skill that you're trying to improve. You need a class to do that. And this is the class that you do that. Well, my goal, I always felt my goal was to show students how you can use this reading skill in all of these different areas, not just reading for English class, like you need reading for your your math class, you need reading for your psych class, your social class, all of those classes, you're going to need the reading skills. And so it's not just about learning how to read, because you know how to read, we know you know how to read, but do you know how to process? Do you know how to understand it? And do you know how to apply it to what your instructor is actually asking you to do? That's a skill. And my goal is to help them Increase that skill level so that you can be a master in all of those things. Is it a fair question to ask where that deficit comes from? Mm-hmm. Where are the students sort of uh, missing the mark? When you were in uh, middle, sc- middle school or junior high school? Mm-hmm. Middle this- school, huh. high school, all of those. Really, it's in middle school. I, the, you have to set the foundations. And in education, one of the issues that comes up is that the pendulum swings in education from the left to the right. We really never settle in the middle on what we want to teach or what we think students need to know. So, for example, there'll be a time when grammar is pushed 
in the classroom. So everybody is teaching grammar, 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 grammar. They're not teaching any writing, but they're teaching grammar, 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 grammar. Okay. Those set of students come to the next level with some solid grammar skills, but they can't write worth a darn. Then the next 10 years, they say, well, we focused on grammar. So now we got to go with writing, 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 writing. So we, we go ahead and we teach about writing, 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 no grammar. So now this set of students comes to, to the next academic level. They're prepared to write, but their grammar is all jacked up. So we never settle on the middle of teaching enough of this and enough of that. And that's where the deficits come. And then when you, when we have, when they are involving themselves, they get to the level where they start taking standardized tests standardized tests, the expectation is that you have achieved both of those skills. Right. And that's where you start falling through the cracks because it's not an either or, it's a both. If you don't have both, then you can't move to this next level. So are we talking about federal policy yeah, now, we're, we're the talking No Child about, Left Behind. Uh, the, okay, well, several children got left behind in <laughs> No Child Left Behind. But, yeah, uh, I think that there, there are, it's a combination of federal policies, federal changes, um, you know, um, educational uh, educational um, districts trying to figure out what their students need and um, at the same time trying to balance what the expectations are at the next academic level and there's a gap there, and students are falling in the gap. Hundreds of students are falling in the gaps, but it's our responsibility. If you come here to Prince George's Community College and we want you to achieve a degree at the end of your pathway, we have to start you and we have to prepare you where you are. We're not gonna turn you away. We're gonna figure out where are you and how can we get you to your end goal. Okay. So without using names, Mm -hmm. um, can you identify one, two, three of your most memorable students, some of your favorites? Some of my favorite students. Um, Yes, you know what? I can. Here at Prince George's, I have run into so many students that, you know, I didn't know that they were paying attention to me, the instructor, and me, the, the person that is outside the classroom. So... I, I see students, because I live in Prince George's, um, I see students outside the classroom. And they recognize me first. I have a good memory, so I do recognize them. But I see them working in stores all over the place or just out in the mall. And they introduce me to their parents and um, who, whomever they're with at the time. and Or they'll come to me and say, I failed your class. And I say, oh. And they say, but you know what? It was the best thing that ever happened to me because it really woke me up so that I could say, you know what? I got to get myself together. So I it's those are the students that have a profound impact on me because I know that I'm doing something, even when I don't think I've touched that student. It's the students that come back to you and say, you know what? It taught me something about myself. That's all I want to do. Teach you something about yourself that helps you move forward. I have a quick story. I'm trying to leave out as much detail as possible, but we had a a project here a few years ago Mm -hmm. where we had students write an essay so they could join this contest Mm -hmm. to become an interviewer on this major panel with some of the the 
best known educators oh, in the I country. Remember, remember this. Yes. The student who won yes. was a student from the developmental program. Yes. Yes. And some people were afraid mm -hmm. that he or she, mm -hmm. I'm trying to leave out as much information, right. <laughs> would not be able to hold his or her own weight. Right. right. So they brought in another student, another student yeah. to, to back him up. Well, the, at the time, it was the speech department before mm -hmm. it was humanities. Right. The speech department worked with the student who won. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she was he or she. Right. <laughs> he or she, yeah. Was, was fantastic. Way, she was great. Yes, she I mean, did. she stole the whole show. She did, yes. And the other student, the superstar student, did okay. Right. But just wasn't as prepared. Right. And I like to think that the reason that the, the one student was prepared was because she took her education seriously, mm -hmm. she took the project very seriously, mm -hmm. and she put in a lot of work. She put in a lot of work, she did. And I and I, I tell you what, I, I was the chair at the time, and when that opportunity came up, I was like, I was like, wow, this would be great if we could get some of our students to write, um, you know, and to, to enter this contest. So I worked with one of my um, instructors and I was like, you think you, you have any students? She's, oh, yeah, I think I've got some students. And she stayed on them and she stayed on them and she stayed on them. And when the person, when I found out that the person won, I really did shed a tear because yeah. I was like, wow, this is incredible. There, There is nothing you can't do. You really just have to have the determination and the support to help you when you don't think you can help yourself. And that really, it showed me that these students are like any other students. They just have to um, work on skill improvement and skill development. That's it. That's okay. the only thing that separates us is skill. That's it. Now we gotta shift gears. Okay. Which types of students are the most challenging for you or were the most challenging for you in the classroom? We talked about the students who may have gotten it too late or mm -hmm got it right on time mm -hmm. and, and did well, mm -hmm. but were there students you just didn't want to see coming? Uh, you know what? For me, I'll take anybody. I Because I, I always believe I, I can try to get to something. I'm going to try. That's all I can do. All I can do is try. I don't really say, oh, no, here comes so-and-so. I cannot wait until they get out of this class. I mean, I might feel like that for five minutes. But then after at the end of the day, I say, you know what? What can you teach this person? If you can't teach them the content in the class, can you teach them something about yourself, themselves or can you, can you teach them something about others? Because that's what it boils down to. You either learn something about yourself or something about others that you didn't know that either confirms what you didn't know or helps to um, educate you on the things that you need to know. You, you got to either arm yourself with more information or some information. Okay, so that's the the uh, the boss's answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I, when I think about it, if I had to think about what student did I believe that, uh, no. Students come, I, I, I kind of believe that students come into the classroom with an attitude because they're reluctant to try. They're scared to fail, mm -hmm. but some students are scared to succeed, too. I know it sounds crazy. Not to me. But, but some students are so afraid to fail that that is where the learning, that's what they don't get. Learning starts when you fail. If you really want to know how to be better, you try again so that you can get better. Okay. okay. Last question. Okay. We're almost done. Okay. And I know I'm over time. But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, looking back on, on your career as a teacher, mm -hmm. looking back on your career as a student, mm -hmm. 
What would you like for people to remember you by 15 years from now? 15 years from now. I, you know what? I, I guess I want people to remember that I, I do care. I do want to see people be their best. <laughs> be best. I do want to see people do their best. Um, and I want people to offer the world what the world doesn't know they have to offer. Okay. And mm-hmm. what would you tell your 16-year-old self knowing what you know today? Uh, slow down when you drive. <laughs> That's what I would tell my 16. My 16 year old self thought that I had all the answers, and um, I would tell my 16 year old self to learn from others that have already been through what you think you're trying to go through because you don't have all the answers. And it's okay to not have all the answers because no one wanted you to have all the answers at 16. That's what I would tell my 16-year-old self. A 16-year-old student comes to you mm-hmm. and, and says, uh, Ms. Terrain, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Give me some advice. Okay. What is the advice that what I would, would What advice would you give them? <laughs> okay. I would ask them to, to take a look at the things that they're really good at right now. And can you translate what you're good at right now into something, a profession or a service that you could offer, not just you, but people beyond you that would benefit the world or society. And if you can come up with an answer, then let's try to pursue that track. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it. This podcast is brought to you by Prince George's Community News and Prince George's Community College, celebrating over 60 years of offering the highest possible standards in college education for the county and the region. Visit us at pgcc.edu. The opinions expressed on the Prince George's Daily Podcast do not necessarily represent those of Prince George's Community College, its employees, or its affiliates. Producers for the Prince George's Daily are Stephen Boney, Dorcas Ashinowo, Vanita Newsom, Heavenly Pickett, David Smalls, and Dale Roden. Music for this episode provided by DJs Young Carts and Scott Holmes. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our discussion on education in Prince George's County. This is the Prince George's Daily.